Our Bible opened to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Very briefly tonight, I want to give you seven blessed assurances that a Christian can claim in knowing that we're saved. This chapter has been called the Blessed Assurance Chapter. Fanny Crosby wrote that hymn many years ago, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. What she was saying is, to know that you're saved here in life is a foretaste of being in heaven. Mrs. Ragland, one of our elder ladies years and years ago, she'd come to church on Wednesday night. She'd say, this is just like heaven. So I've been waiting all week to come back to church. It was, I, was, I was here all day Sunday, and I could hardly wait for Wednesday night to come, because when I get in church, it's like heaven. I see all the people I'm going to see in heaven. And, uh, you know, when you think of that, we're going to meet each other again over there in the glory. Well, let me give you these seven assurances very briefly. Number one, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that, believe, that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. The first blessed assurance is if you believe on Jesus as your Savior, then you have eternal life. The word believe means to trust. It doesn't really mean to believe with your head. You can believe two times two equals four, and it doesn't do much for you. It's an axiom that you'll remember all your life because you memorized it. It's not a matter of memorizing who Jesus is or what he does. It's a matter of receiving him. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So we receive Jesus as our Savior, and we believe upon him then we know we have eternal life. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I've believed. He said, I know whom I've believed. That pronoun stands for Jesus. I know Jesus that I've believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day And that's the assurance of each one of us. The second assurance would be in verse 4. We dealt with this briefly last week, last Wednesday night, I think. Overcoming power. We went to, went to Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and mentioned several places where the Lord said, He that overcometh shall have this and have this and have this. I will not bite out his name. He that overcometh will I'll have, he'll have a new name. He'll have the bright morning star and so on. Look at verse 4. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So, when you have Jesus in your heart, and he begins to give you overcoming power over certain obstacles, over certain habits, over certain worries, over certain difficulties. That's an assurance in your heart that 
your Heavenly Father is God. He's the one who gives that overcoming authority, overcoming power. Now, how do you get that? You let down the anchor of your faith more deeply in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like if you were out on a boat and the waves were riding around and so on and your boat was being tossed to and fro. If you have a good anchor, you let down the anchor, your boat still will move a little bit, but it's anchored. It's not going to blow around. It might, if a big, big storm comes, you might have trouble, but that, that anchor's going to hold it. And so the anchor of our soul is Jesus. And he gives us the overcoming power over the seas of life, over the winds of affliction, over the difficulties that come. One of our ladies, who used to be very, very faithful here, went to heaven Monday. Miss Cora Miller, very precious Christian. In 1992, her husband, Charlie Miller, went to heaven. I remember both of them very, very well. Miss Cora has been in the nursing home over at Medco for several years now. Used to live on Kenton. Remember when I used to go see her on Kenton? She'd hold her hand up and say, I'm going to heaven. How about you? She'd sort of ask me that question. I said, Miss Cora, I'm on my way. I said, Miss Cora, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, she said, Jesus is my Savior, and I'm on my way to heaven. She arrived there Monday. Tomorrow we have a promotion service over at the Kirby Funeral Home on Broadway. Hope some of you can come. So the overcoming power is an assurance. Look down to verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. This is a third blessed assurance. The witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. How do you know you're saved? There's a witness of God inside. If somebody says, are you a Christian? Then you may be living a rough life. You may even be out of fellowship with God. But if somebody poses that question to you, if you know anything about Jesus at all, you'll be able to say, yes, I'm a Christian. How do you know? There's a witness inside. I may not always obey him, but there's a witness inside my heart. The witness of God of the Holy Spirit in your heart says, yes, I'm a Christian. Now listen, if you do not have that witness, be careful. Just because you're a church member, just because you go to church, just because you turned over a new leaf, just because you got baptized doesn't mean that you have the witness of God. The witness of the Holy Spirit is something very personal inside your heart. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Never. That witness is always there. Now, sometimes we mess our lives up. We live careless lives. We drive that witness over to one side of our heart, maybe in one room of our heart, way down in depth somewhere. But we really think, we really come to contemplation about, am I really a Christian? 
The witness of the Holy Spirit will come up and say, yes, you're God's child. Do you have that witness inside? Ms. Ava Morris was a very great Christian in our church. I'm glad God let me know some of these saints that have gone on to be with the Lord. I don't know whether I met her first on the street downtown. She used to give out tracts. I'm not sure where I met her first, but she used to come to church here. And when she'd come, she'd bow her head and pray. One of our evangelists one time said, who's that woman who goes to sleep every time I preach? I said, He's, she's not going to sleep. She's in there praying for you. And the shock of his life came when she came around and shook hands with him at the end of the service. She said, uh, sir, there's only two places to go when you die, heaven or hell. Which one are you going to? She said that to our evangelist. He later said, well, I know what you mean now. Well, Miss Ivy used to come to train you. We had a special training unit class. Meet, used to meet in the library where the library is now. And every Sunday night she talked about the witness of the Holy Spirit. I talked about how do you know you're saved. She'd always say the witness of the Holy Spirit in my heart. That's how I know I'm saved. Fourthly, look at verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things were written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. The record of the Word of God. God said it. That settles it. Whether I believe it or not, that settles it. We usually say God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, that's good, but God says it, that settles it. If we believe it, praise the Lord. But believing his record is one of the assurances you're saved. You read that book, He that hath the Son hath life, He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's what the record says. So as you read that, and I hope you'll bring your Bible to church with you. Don't feel like you're undressed if you don't bring your Bible with you. Bring your Bible, take your Bible everywhere you go. You ought to have a testament when you go to a restaurant, go to work, wherever you go. Have a Bible with you. Anyway, notice what that says. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's it. That's the record. So one of the assurances that we're saved is this record. God said it. I believe it. Now look down to verse 14. And this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Confidence in prayer. That's one of the assurances that we're saved. Now here's where a lot of people have problems. Sometimes we pray and we say, I don't know whether my prayer got answered or not. Don't forget there are three ways God answers prayer. Always. There's never, never a variance from this. He either says yes, he says no, or he says wait. The last one is hard to accept. Wait. When I was in the seminary, some of the students were taking a trip to the Holy Land. And I really wanted to go. I wanted that very, very much. I went to somebody and asked if they, I could borrow the money to go to the Holy Land. And uh, 
very nicely. They said, I'm sorry, we can't loan it to you. I guess you can't go. So I prayed about it some more. God said, just wait. I came to Glendale. After I'd been here two or three years, one day, one of the deacons came and said, we want to give you a gift. Our church has collected some money to send you to the Holy Land. I, God said, wait. I waited, and God brought it to pass. Now, when you ask God for something, he'll give it to you. You ask God for financial needs, he'll give it to you. That's where we are as a church. Now, one of two things has happened to us. We either made a mistake in borrowing the money to build that building at Cave Mill. We've been paying for it for since 2003. That's eight or nine years. Or we have to live by faith. Day by day by day, we live by faith. God brings the funds in. Now, he may change his mind. He may say, our people are not giving like we ought to give. Our people don't have that burden on our hearts anymore. And so I may have to subtract and uh, have you give it up. I'm waiting. I've asked God to provide that funds. And the Lord has done it all along. A year ago, our committee met and talked about we don't have the money to go another year. We just said pray and wait. Do you know what? God provided the funds for this last year. We came through. We did not know if we'd have enough funds for the operation of the school. And Mrs. Hicks did a wonderful thing this year. She arranged her budget in such a way. We closed the year in June, in May, with no unpaid bills. That did not take care of the summer. But you know what happened for the summer? Little by little by little by little by little by little by little, God has been fighting with funds. Then God placed on the heart of the kitchens to have a supper every Wednesday night. And those who would volunteer to come and pay for their supper would help pay that debt. That's of the Lord. I don't hear any amens, but I want to tell you that's of the Lord. God is taking care little by little by little. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Now, keep in mind, God's promises sometimes are conditional. And he says, uh, as long as my people really want it, as long as my people are willing to sacrifice, I'll take care. But when they drop the ball and they no longer have that vision and they no longer have that desire, I may have to step back and say, okay, you'll take care of it. I don't want God to do that, do you? I want God to take care of this. It is his work, his business. He can do it. But let's ask God to take care of it.
Okay, confidence in prayer. This is one of the assurances of answered prayer. I'm not gonna ask you to show your hands, but I would like to ask you to think for a minute, how many of you have ever had a prayer answered? Don't lift your hand. How many of you ever had a prayer answered? I have. I think almost everybody in this room would have to say if you think about it, you've had a prayer answered. If you've had a prayer that was not answered, you may not have understood God's answer. He may have said yes. He may have said no. He may have said wait. And they that wait upon the Lord, that's hard. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew his strength. In uh, Isaiah 40, 31, that's our school verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There are two ways to wait on the Lord. One is to serve you. You go to a restaurant and a server comes out and waits on you. They're serving you. Do you know a lot of our people have done that? Mr. and Ms. Kitchens wait on the church every Thursday, Wednesday night by fixing a supper. This past week, Brother Phil Brent, Brother Lonnie Cook, Brother Joshua White, Brother Mickey Berkeley, some others, been out there waiting on the Lord by cutting that tree, cutting those limbs. They wanted to cut a tree over here that was getting on the roof and hurting our roof. They were waiting on the Lord. That's serving the Lord. That's God's service. They that wait on the Lord show their strength. Now, the other part of wait is tough. The other meaning of wait is to be patient. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's patience. It's not easy. Somebody said, taint easy to wait on the Lord. But it's profitable. Sometimes we get in a hurry and do things faster than God planned for us to do it. And we just have to wait on the Lord. All right, we're talking about confidence. That's one of the assurances of answered prayer. Now, look at verse 16. That has to do with God, God's discipline. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, he shall give him life for him, them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say you should pray for, that, for it. All unrighteousness is sin. There is a sin not unto death. Now, this is God's discipline. Listen, a believer cannot get by with sin God has the last word. We think we get by with it? We don't. The soul that sinneth it shall die. A person, listen, you get mad at me if you want to. A person that smokes and smokes and smokes and smokes is sinning against his body. Heard on the radio the other day that that person takes six, at least six years off of his life if he keeps on smoking. The wages of his smoking, sometimes an early death. I know some people smoke all their lives, they're 110 years old, and they don't die. I know that. But there's a danger there. These guys that bravely get on their motorcycles and ride around with no helmet, 
They have an accident. The head gets crushed. They've asked for it. That's foolish. There are lots of things we do that bring God's discipline. When you disciplined your children, didn't mean you hated them. You disciplined them because you loved them. God brings discipline upon his own. Keep that in mind. That's one of the assurances of, of our salvation. If you can sin and get by with it and God never bothers you, you may not be saved. If you're saved and you kept on sinning, God's going to deal with you. There may be home problems, financial problems, all kinds of problems, internal problems, health problems, all kinds of things. That's not to say that everybody has health problems. It's a discipline of God. I don't mean that. But it does mean that God will not let us go by with sin. Last of all, look down to verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come, have given us understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. We know that the Son of God has come and hath given to us an understanding. You know what that verse means? He'll give you discernment. Understanding means discernment. He'll give you a realization in your heart whether this is a thing you ought to do or a thing you ought not to do. God will tell you that if you ask him. You don't have to go ask 10 other people. God will tell you. Lord, is it right for me to smoke? Lord, is it right for me to drink this beer and whiskey? Lord, is it right for me to gamble? Is it right for me to go place my bets on the horses? Lord, is it right for me to dance my way around at night and hurt my testimony? Is it right for me to lounge around on the beach with probably having no clothes on, let some guys look at me and, and, and lust after me? Is that right? God says no. Now, you don't have to have the preacher tell you that. The Holy Spirit tells you in, in the inside. If you don't have that from the inside, you haven't read this book. If God doesn't tell you from the inside, there's something wrong. You say, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's smoking. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's carousing. Everybody's doing everything else. Does that make it right? Of course not. You listen to the Word of God. God's Holy Spirit tells you on the inside whether a thing is right or whether it's not right. This is one of the assurances that we're saved. If you have nothing on the inside that tells you whether a thing is right or wrong, then be very careful. You may not be saved. That's what this book says. We know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. Let's bow together in prayer. Our heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Let's each examine his own heart. Do we have these blessed assurances deep inside our heart tonight? Are we sure that we're saved on our way to heaven? 
If we are, are we doing anything to try to reach other people for Christ, get them to go to heaven? Heavenly Father, thank you for the people here tonight. Bless those who couldn't come, those who are out of town, those who are traveling, those who are in other places. And I pray tonight that you would put on our hearts to go find a friend, try to bring that friend to the house of God. May this be a renewed covenant with you tonight as we seek to bring others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, please. Number 155, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. As we sing this hymn, let God have his way with your heart.